welcome to the Domestic Fuel Cast, a podcast devoted to news and information about alternative fuels and energy. Produced and hosted by Zimcom New Media. Putting pure energy on the air. I'm your host, John Davis. We're back. You're listening to Pure Energy on WZAB 880 The Biz. This is Sean O'Hanlon. I'm your host. The number to call in is 866-954-4276. With Sean us. O'Hanlon is the host of the new radio show on Miami's 880 AM WZAB, Pure Energy, where they talk about all different forms of energy, especially alternatives with a focus on the business side of it. Most people have spent a great deal of time focusing on clean, green, and sustainable and have pretty much overlooked the economic side of it, uh, overlooked job creation, overlooked uh, the cost savings and cost competitiveness of it, and the ability for people not only to save money, but the opportunity for people to invest in various technologies and companies and sectors uh, in renewables. O'Hanlon, who also serves as the executive director of the American Biofuels Council, hosts a show live each Monday night from 6 to 7 Eastern Time. During the debut show, he featured Dr. Robert Zubrin, author of the book Energy Victory. Zubrin pointed out that the only way to break the foreign grip oil has on this country, and OPEC does control 40% of the world's oil and the majority of the oil traded internationally, is to give people another choice other than non-renewable petroleum. He says those alternatives do exist. We just need to require more vehicles to be capable of running on more fuels. To make a car flex fuel, uh, all that is required is using somewhat superior quality materials in the fuel line and uh, changing the programming of the fuel injector system and the electronic fuel injector. Uh, That's all that's involved. Um, This is really just a very minor modification. Um, But if we had it be the law, okay, that to sell a car in the United States, a new car, it has to be flex fuel, then within three years we'd have 30 million cars on the road in the United States capable of running on alternate fuels, and here's more important, hundreds of millions more worldwide. Because if we make this the American standard, it becomes the international standard. The foreign car makers, the Japanese, for example, are not about to walk away from the American car market. They'll just switch their lines over so that all their cars, whether they're sold here or in Japan or in Africa or Europe, are flex fuel cars. And so we'll have hundreds of millions of these things on the road, and that will force gasoline to compete at the pump against both ethanol and methanol made from any number of possible sources, not just in Iowa where they've got corn ethanol, but in Argentina and India and Japan and Kenya and France, Poland, everywhere. And what this will do is it will put a permanent constraint on the price of oil. The price of oil will never be able to go much above $50 a barrel again because that's where the alcohol fuels become competitive. And in a separate interview with Domestic Fuel, Zubrin made the case that the indirect land use proposal by the EPA, which would cut most American biodiesel out of the proposed renewable fuel standard and threaten to do the same to the domestic ethanol market, needs to be stopped in its tracks. The argument was made uh, by uh, Tim Sturchinger, who is a staff attorney with the Environmental Defense Fund, whose uh, previous claim to fame that the Environmental Defense Fund is banning the use of DDT in Africa so that millions of people can die of malaria every year. The argument was made that ethanol is causing global warming, uh, that is American corn ethanol, because while substituting ethanol for gasoline in the United States actually reduces global warming, by reducing the amount of uh, American corn that's being dumped on third-world countries, we're encouraging the growth of agriculture there, and thus deforestation and thus global warming. Well, 
uh, in point of fact, encouraging the growth of agriculture in the third world is a good thing, not a bad thing. It should not be American policy to try to cramp the economic growth of poor countries. But furthermore, even if you were to adopt such a uh, malevolent point of view, uh, the victims in this case would not just be the third world. It would be Americans, because in point of fact, anything that increases the ability of Americans to buy anything that is increases American living standards in any respect whatsoever also causes the expansion of third world agriculture. That is to say, if uh, an American has more money in his or her pocket, they can buy more groceries. And if you go to the grocery store and you buy food, and it doesn't matter whether that food is grown in the U.S. or abroad, if you buy food, you're bid- bidding up the price of agricultural produce internationally. Okay? Um, if you buy an American orange that bids up the price of American oranges and therefore that of South American oranges that compete with them. And the, the so and if you bid up the price of, of, of agricultural produce internationally, then obviously you're going to encourage the growth of agriculture internationally, both here and in the third world, and thus deforestation. So therefore, should we therefore seek to depress the salaries of Americans? Should we therefore seek to increase unemployment so as to reduce the amount of groceries that Americans should buy? Should we therefore encourage toxic pollution in the United States so that Americans will have to pay more for their medical bills and have less available to buy groceries, or better yet, die so they can't buy any groceries? I mean, is this the sort of policy we're supposed to promote? Because if you adopt the standard of indirect effects, then basically... uh, Anything that is good, anything that increases employment or incomes or health or education uh, has to be deemed unacceptable. So uh, it's a crazy policy. It's absolutely crazy, and it needs to be rejected. It's the kind of conversation O'Hanlon hopes to encourage week to week on Pure Energy, and he hopes to get the show out to other markets. We've gotten calls, inquiries from Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, New York, and as far away as Buenos Aires, Argentina. In the meantime, you can listen to Pure Energy on Miami's 880 AM and through the station's website, 880thebiz.com. And soon, Pure Energy will be posting shows to download at its website, pureenergyshow.com. Come back next Monday at 6 p.m., and we will talk more about energy independence. Have a great week. I'm John Davis reporting. You've been listening to the Domestic Fuel Cast, the official podcast of domesticfuel.com. Check out the website daily for the latest good news about the alternative energy industry.